Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. Money back as a free bet on any championship match on live TV. If you're losing first goal scorer, bet gets a goal. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both players have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a shit shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their houses for 10 years. So the only place to start, Conan, after a jam-packed weekend of county finals, huge excitement all over the country in celebrations, fellas falling off lorries, referees' houses being uh, pelted with eggs, is the huge news that Scarries have put St. <laughs> Bridges down to Senior B and you're, you're up as a senior club next year. Congratulations. That's the only place to start, yeah. We were a senior club this year, Willie. We were just hanging on in a relegation playoff there out in St. Margaret's. But oh yeah, you're not back in it. You've no, retained no. your place retained in Retained our, our yeah. rightful place in Senior and, B. And massive, big news, the St. Bridget's are gone down to Senior B. Like they're a big, They were a big hitter for a long time, you know, in yeah. Dublin club football. Paddy Andrews wasn't, wasn't playing, wasn't no. even there. I was dis- surprised to hear that. Yeah, I played two weeks ago against Castle Knock. Um, they ran them tight enough. Castle Knock were already through uh, in, for that game, so I don't know what sort of shape they were in. But unless he just had a holiday book, thinking championship would be over at this stage. Yeah, that, those kind of things happen. Yeah. They, beat, they beat us in a, a Leinster semi-final in 2011. And, um, you know, they, were, they ended up losing the final. But it's a huge fall for them. They're pretty much in, back in the intermediate grade. But anyways, enough, enough about that. Uh, I was in O'Moore Park yesterday. Port Leash won their 12th title in 13 years. Uh, Leash Championship is as dull as the Leinster Championship, if we're being honest. <laughs> Um, that's three in a row for Port Leash. They won nine in a row. Um, Port Leash very unimpressive in the game, to be honest. Collection. I don't want to patronise Collection or anything, but they, 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 they're limited enough team, yeah. you know. And they they got Port Leash within a point. It was bizarre scenes at the final whistle because most of the crowd were for Collection. 
Port Leash crowd didn't have a huge amount to cheer, cheer on. It's almost like the idea Port Leash would ha- hammer them and then when they didn't and it looked like it was a game, it was just a weird atmosphere. When the final whistle blew, there was no cheer obviously from Collection because they lost. There was no cheer from Port Leash because they're almost like, should we be celebrating? Yeah. Scraping over the line against Collection. It was like it was a draw. The referee blew the final whistle and the whole stand was quiet. Was quiet. It was just weird. So the fans weren't even celebrating either. Well, Portlaoise wouldn't get it, have a huge following at it, but I didn't feel like celebrating. Like we were holding on against a team that you know just haven't featured anywhere in the championship yeah. for a long time. So um, it was their first ever ever county title. So I don't know. Portlaoise haven't played well all year, and they're they're not playing. They're not clicking up front. I've seen them like this before in Leash and they can rise it for the Leinster Club. Yeah. Whether they can do it this year or not, we, we'll have to wait and see. But on the evidence of yesterday, it was this very, very, very poor stuff from Port Leash now. Disappointing. I saw Bruno McCormick 22 years later still doing it. Bruno McCormick, is a, he, he wasn't outstanding yesterday and he'd actually been dropped this year. He came on in a few games. Well, I wouldn't say dropped, he's 38, yeah. he's coming on. And then he scored one. Uh, he scored one six against Port Harrington in the semi-final. One five from play. Right. So then he started. Then he started the final. He was quiet enough yesterday. But look, it was a Port Leash just. They just didn't click. They didn't click at all. But like I mean, he he came on in nineteen ninety nine when we won the county title. So that <laughs> was incredible. his first ever county title. Nineteen ninety nine. He came on as a sub that day. Um, he was only he was only young. I'd say he's the greatest player that's ever played for Port Leash in yeah. the history of Port Leash. I would I would put him into that into that category he's been that good another thing and you might call this a silly thing to talk about but in the parade before the match in this is a county final there was 15 Port Leash players I counted 19 children (laughs) now I think this is just a uniquely Leash thing and I think it's a Port Leash thing and I think it has grown legs over the years where there's only four players on the team have children now, if I was a manager of a team, I would be curtailing the parade to your own children. Yeah. Like there's nieces and nephews and, and cousins <laughs> and all sorts. Like it's like a parade. Like this is a serious county final. Yeah, it's not yeah. a parade for children. So I was looking at that going, there's too many children there. <laughs> oh, have you a strong opinion on this? Like, I mean, I don't know. I just think I haven't seen it in any other county. I don't think it's a big thing in any other, other county. Um, but there was 19 children go, walking around in the parade and it's obviously great for the children but this is some this is serious business. Yeah, I saw, I saw your tweet but you played it straight. You didn't give an opinion in your tweet. You just gave us the facts. No, the, no the I gave numbers. the facts. Yeah, <laughs> I was just acting like a journalist. I just reported. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, I don't know. Like, yeah, I could see it would be really nice to do it with your children. All right. Maybe it doesn't inspire the next, the next generation when they're walking around. Yeah. Or should you earn it? By you know getting your place in the in the squad and walking, I, I don't really know. This is this has come at me like a curveball here. Will you? <laughs> you don't have a strong opinion on it then. And the children actually usually they get out at half time in county finals and things like that. And there was um, little exhibition games, and they weren't allowed out at half time yesterday. So that was just a, a bit of a change from Portlaoise in Westmead. Gary Castle caused an upset. Um, Lomans threw away a lead to lose which wouldn't be like them at all <laughs> I don't want to be harsh on St. Lomans but they came from 8 down at half time 3, 4 to 5 points um, and that's after missing a penalty so you could say at half time 8 points down they'd missed a penalty everything's going wrong how did they turn this around? They won um, they ended up winning by 4 they had 4 unanswered points um, straight after half time and then a penalty Desi Dolan Retired after the game. He took himself off at halftime pretty much. He had a chat with his younger brother, Gary, who's manager of the team now. So Desi started corner forward um, and they had a chat and they took him off. 
at halftime. Desi's 40. Mm. We know how absolutely brilliant Desi um, has been. And I think his brother talked him in, Gary talked him into to playing one more year for the young fellas in the club, which is fair enough. Like, I mean, sometimes you think older fellas like that can be cast aside too early. But like, I mean, you see Bruno's 38 and he's still doing it. Now, Desi obviously wasn't playing that well and said, here, listen, I'm coming off. But yeah. I think it was a tactical thing because they took him off for a fella called James Sheeran, who's a big target man full forward and started getting it into them. Yeah. And he was fouled for a penalty. So they've got four unanswered points. Then he was fouled for that penalty to score that. Now they're back in the mix. Now Lohman's memories of the Leinster final against Murfield come flooding back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 26 minutes to go, never mind six minutes yeah. like there was against Murfield. Yeah. Like that, Desi's quotes are, are very good there, aren't they? He's just, yeah, he's very humble, sort of basically saying it wasn't my day and it yeah. made more sense for me to step aside. Yeah. It's great to see after like all the service that he's given them and and Westmead. But like what I love most about that was the four unanswered points. Like how many teams would come out and think we need to get a goal to get back into this game? Four points, like, you know, in whatever five minutes. We game on, four yeah. points in it. Like, you know. Now they're game on. So like I said, Desi retired from Westmead football. They obviously have a Leinster club to look forward to, but he retired from football. He won eight county titles, one more than his father. So um He's happy enough about yeah. that. So congratulations to Desi, I suppose, after after a brilliant career. Um, Six Mile Bridge win their fourth in seven years in Clare. This one was on television. I was watching some of it before I went over to um, Moore Park. The first uh, like 45 seconds of this game were unbelievable. It was like no one could actually puck a ball without being hooked. It was, You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like get into it early and they were all just tearing into it. It, it was it was gas. But Niall Gilligan, talking about the elder statesman, he came on um, at 43. So he came on um, in the final stages. So this was kind of a, a like, I know, the convincing win in the end by Six Mile Bridge. Cratlow a little bit disappointing in the second half. Like, I mean, I don't know, it's just a little bit of a weird one. You have Conor McGrath in midfield who is an all-star forward. You have Dermot Ryan, who's forward for the Clare Seniors, playing wing-back. Then you have Podge Collins, who's been well-marked by Barry Fitzpatrick from Six Mile Bridge. So I don't know, for me, that's your three main... F- I know yeah. you have Colin McInerney, who's in the forward line as well, but I don't know, like, I mean, sometimes I even look at it, and the reason I'm thinking about it is because I'm thinking of Port Leash, and I would pick the Port Leash team an awful lot differently than it's been picked. You know what I mean? Yeah. I see your starting point. One thing Mick O'Dwyer was brilliant at is that he didn't experiment with backs in forwards and backs in midfield. He picked bloody forwards in the yeah. forwards, backs in the backs, and players in their best position. And I think the best players in the best position. That's your starting point yeah. for any manager, for me. And like, yeah, like that makes it easier to mark Podge Collins in, right? When you're withdrawing some of the players who would be danger men in the forward line, when yeah. you're taking them out of the forwards, if you put them in the forward line, Podge Collins could be more free. You get onto loose balls, stuff like that. Yeah, or no, it's exactly. Easier to keep an eye on them. Exactly. I think Dermot Ryan played in the backs with them all up along. Just played wing forward for Clare, but he's very good in the forwards, and I w- I would be putting him there. So, um, Tim Crow said after the game, um, I think it's down to Davy. This I thought this was interesting. He said tactically he devised a plan that would beat Cratlow. We were here two weeks ago in the semi-final. After 20 minutes, he said, I've made up my mind. So he's watching Cratlow in the semi-final. He's looking at them. And after 20 minutes, Davy knows how to beat them. <laughs> That's class. <laughs> it's a bit like, do you know the story of Jim McGuinness when our Donegal got over our man? He said on the bus, he had this dossier. Yeah. Well, this is how we're going to beat Dublin. Here's how you beat Dublin. <laughs> and here's yeah. how you do it. But like, I mean, Davy just knew straight away. So he said... Um, Tim Crow is talking about the partnership or the joint manager, not joint manager, the manager and coach partnership. They didn't get on Crow and, and Davy, which would be 
understandable considering Davy can be spiky enough yeah. character maybe Tim Crow is as well but he said this should have been done years ago your own ego doesn't really matter when they're talking about you know being club men six mile bridge they've won four and seven years now so they're the dominant team in Clare and it's a championship which is uh, shared around so that's it the the message here is don't let your ego get in the way of your club yeah. oh, what a lovely message that's class I remember having two assistant managers shouldering each other on the sideline <laughs> one time because they, they couldn't agree over a decision even though there was a manager there as well but they just started going at each other yeah. madness oh I've seen that I've seen selectors come to blows I saw my own father come to blows with another selector really? and, yeah on the sideline and I, I nearly got involved in it it was back in 99 I went for a pint with Chris Conway and Danny Duke after the, the county final yesterday and Greg Ramsbottom and we were reminiscing about this <laughs> uh, this actual thing where your man that the other selector just wouldn't le- give me a break at all till my father had time to shut up and then they came to <laughs> came to blows <laughs> anyways I don't know why I'm telling that story on the show it's just it was, it was fresh in my head and you kind of egged me into it there <laughs> your father just looking out for you yeah and my father would be like a quiet sort of a man unlike, unlike me um, Ferban won the first county title in 25 years unbelievable scenes in Offaly because they were hammered last year by Road. Mm. Niall McNamee didn't start with Road. He had to come on uh, as a substitute. Funnily enough, Derek Canavan didn't start for, for Aragal Kieran. I think he, both players must have been injured. They only came on um, as subs. So this is all about Keane Johnson. We'll talk about um, him in performance of the weekend. He scored 2-3, 2-2 in, in, in the second half. So they came from five points down with 20 minutes to go to win by five. So what a turnaround. And what a turnaround from last year. Um, when Road won by 11 Sean Dempsey um, former leash manager is the Ferban manager so he's took them over this year so it takes a leash man to come in and get Ferban over the line <laughs> No coincidence there I saw a, a great um, we'll probably talk more about Johnson in performance the weekend but Colin Kenny tweeted saying he had six shots in the quarter final against Shamrock scored six points five shots against Eden Derry in the semi scored five points and five against Rhodes yeah. two, three. I saw that I didn't know who he was so I didn't know whether to be listing out his statistics <laughs> yeah, on the, on the yeah. show <laughs> that's why I named him so it's like it's not my fault if it's wrong this lad could have been any randomer here that you're, <laughs> that you're reading out so we don't know if, that, if that's definitely true or not but yeah Lee, um, Sean, Sean Dempsey was uh, Leash Minor Manager in 2003 when he won the All-Ireland and won and then was with the under-21s in 07. Interestingly, Mick Dempsey, who was in as Kilkenny coach, we were speculating about what he might uh, do. He's Sean's brother. He's going back to manage his club in Leash uh, St. Joseph's as a coach, and Joe Higgins is their manager. So that's a fairly tasty management team for St. Joseph's. They lost uh, to Port Leash this year by three points. Not that far away. Uh, maybe the Leash Championship, Leash then, or Port Leash just got over Port Harlington. So maybe the Leash Championship is... Then they only won the final by a pint. Yeah. I, on the evidence of yesterday, Portlaoise are coming back to the pack rather than the pack are catching up. Oh, maybe really? they, maybe there's somewhere. Maybe the truth kind of lies somewhere um, in between. Talking about uh, outside managers coming in and getting teams over the line. Pat Flanagan, former Offaly manager, former Westmead manager as well. I'm fairly sure got Padraig Pierce is finally over the line. These uh, were appearing in their eight county final. This was the deferred game on the television yesterday. The one, it was a convincing enough win. Roscommon Gales got a late, a late goal, um, and then there was eight minutes of injury time. Imagine having to go through that because a late Roscommon goal, Gales goal meant there was only three in it, and then you have eight minutes of injury time with the threat of a goal yeah. hanging over you, and you, you know, you haven't won the county title yet, and you were comfortable only a few yeah. minutes ago. And, 
Ah, uh, look, listen, they got over the line anyway, so congratulations to them. Yeah, Pori Pierce were nine points up at one stage, weren't they? And yeah. Drag it back to three. That, that is nerve stuff there. Nerve wracking. But that makes the victory all the better, yeah. doesn't it? Just barely getting over the line um, makes it all the better. So Trillick won their second in five years in Tyrone. This was a dour defensive game. Dour is uh, only one way to describe it. So it was 12 points to 2-4 in the end and that's with a late goal. So it was a convincing win by Trillick. They were well they were, uh, well the better team. Um, the the Ergel Kieran forwards only managed one point and that was from Peter Hart. So we'd Rory Brennan man-marking him. He put in a manage, man of the match display. So an under an under um, performance by Peter Hart. He ended up with 1-3 but that was the penalty was the last kick of the game. The game was blown up after the penalty went in and two frees and one from play. So underperforming uh, point. Like I said, Derek Hanavan only came on um, after 40 minutes. So that was a weird one. He had, like, listen, this fellow was injured. There's, there's no doubt <laughs> if it was Pascal, his uncle, trying to leave him on for some time. <laughs> Let's finish with our best team. <laughs> so that was it. But, but uh, Ergel Kieran were actually more defensive. They just had... And I... This was not the Ergel Kieran. I spoke with Peter Canavan up at the league match. It was up there and he says they're moving away from that unless they were just spooked by Trillix forwards and, you know, Maddie Donnelly and Lee Brennan and yeah. they decided to do this. But absolutely, Peter Canavan was selling me the picture that Tyrone Club football is moving away from it and Errol Kieran absolutely are, are moving away from it. But it doesn't, it doesn't look like maybe in a final they just revert back to the kind of conservative... Uh, conservative game and they don't want to take risks yeah I was looking like a Trillix quarterfinal and semifinal and they beat Clano and Coal Island and it kept saying about this effective system that they have so unless Ergel Kieran were just responding to that then yeah. like, you, know, you don't want to go out and be so naive against a team who have an effective system yeah and Dramo- they beat Tramore as well so Trillix beat Tramore yeah, Clano, Coal Island and Ergel Kieran to win it so well deserved <laughs> well deserved uh, final so it'll be interesting to see um, how they get on in the Ulster Club Tyrone teams don't generally do well in the Ulster Club. I think maybe there's an element of because Tyrone is so bloody competitive and you don't, you can't retain it and you can't get used to winning it yeah. that they're just happy to win it. So you'd like to see Trillick with the team they have maybe change that it kind be, of yeah. attitude. It should be one of the best Ulster clubs in a long time. Like, you know, there's no dominant team there anymore. Cross McGlenn don't dominate like they used to. Stock they're Neal. coming back though. They're coming back but are yeah. they there yet? You know, Guido won it last year. Kilcoo are back in and I think they might be favourites but They've won by one point in the last two games as well. Like so, yeah, I think it's wide open. It's going to be very interesting. Ulster, this yeah. Year. And Castle Rahan, we've Keen Mackey coming up in part two. We'll ask him about it. They obviously didn't take the Ulster Club very seriously last year, <laughs> no. to, to put it mildly. Um, when they won their first ever one, but they won their second, they retained it now. So I presume the, that the, they'll go into the Ulster Club with a different uh, perspective. They play Guidor or whoever wins Ulster, or whoever wins Donegal, Mike Guidor, Nave Connell. Guidor, I'm sure, are favourites for that one. So the Antrim final went to extra time again. <laughs> Holy shit, Cargan ended up winning it. Um, Gold win game, so it was 316 to 23 points. Um, it was Love Derg came back in normal time, they were four down, so they were the ones that came back, forced it to extra time. And this is just the championship that never, that didn't disappoint. It was just non-stop excitement and um, it, it was Cargan have retained the title they made it back to back and you, your heart will go out to love Derek after the year they had and all the replays and then this going to a replay and extra time and losing out my god yeah that's five games between the semi-final and final that they've played yeah. and they drew four of them and obviously they lost an extra time there like so 
yeah, they really they really give it a rattle. But Carrigan, it's great for them as well, though. Like they were having a real tough time trying to get over the line when St. Gauls were dominating and they finally get over the line and now they've got a, a purple patch going themselves. Yeah, they definitely have Glen Carr, Manor Hamilton, which I had trouble saying last week. I don't know why it's actually very easy. <laughs> They won with a last minute point. It was a free from their captain, Connor Dolan. What fairy tale stuff. Your captain, last minute free, curls it over from near the sideline. Like it doesn't get it. That's Roy of the Rover stuff, yeah. especially when your captain and your team needs you and you do it. Um, Balnamore's Donald Feely was sent off in the 30th minute following a sideline incident. So it was interesting. Mm-hmm. What's this sideline incident? It was a free for all, apparently, over near the sideline. And he picked him out. So it was an interesting one from a referee. When there's a free-for-all, usually he'll get rid of one from each side just to, you know, because they were all at it. But just to pick the one out, uh, Ballin Amore will feel probably maybe a little bit aggrieved by that. But they battled back and got it back to a draw. Um, But Glencar Manor Hamilton got over the line at the very end. Like you mentioned, Kilku only won by a point. It was a 51st-minute goal that they needed. Uh, Warren Point apparently were very wasteful. No big news that Kilku won their seventh um, in eight years. And no huge news in Waterford either, where Ballygunner won six in a row, um, won it very convincingly. They're winning those finals. That championship's getting a very boring, as it, as it turns out. Stephen O'Keefe, their goalkeeper, Waterford goalkeeper, was quoted after the game, said a lot of people would have questioned the hunger to come back after winning the Munster because it was no secret that the Munster was our aim for a good few years. And finally got it, and so, uh, we finally got it, and as soon as we got it, we wanted more. So I suppose he has a point like... They were the bridesmaids in the Munster Championship for so long. Then they won it last year and then they're back into their championship. Maybe, you know, psychologically, you've tasted that bigger success. Now, is this, you know, going to be as challenging maybe and maybe to take their eye off the ball? But as it turns out, they're obviously see the club championship now is just a stepping stone to get back to where yeah. they, want, they want to be. But it's, it does sound like something similar in Port Leash where you're just expected to, to win Leash yeah. and give Leinster a rattle then as well. It'd be a weird psychology, I think. Yeah. And it makes it tougher to get through the county championship. No, well it, well, it does. And like, I mean, well, just from a Port Leash point of view, like they're obviously you have to get your, your, your head right yeah. and your mentality right. And if you go in with that... But I think Portlaoise have bigger problems with the system that they play, and you know, I, they, they just don't they don't destroy teams like they used to. I think they're playing similar systems to teams that are playing those systems because they're not as good as Portlaoise. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Which yeah. this makes no sense to me. You know, like I mean, the better team Dublin don't go down to someone else's <laughs> system because they're the better team. Yeah. They don't. They go out and try to hammer them. Yeah, that's the mentality. Yeah. You know, so I don't, I don't, uh, I don't get that. Um, Dublin Club Championship. These games were on Saturday night. Well, two of them were on Saturday night. The big one, Nafina and Ballyboden, was the pick of the games. It, it was a it was a classic, really. Nafina, you would say, threw it away, going four points up with five minutes to go. Mm. Should have closed that out. Maybe a bit of inexperience. Um, the big talking point out of this was Conor McHugh getting sent off, which really was just a disgraceful decision um, by a referee in, who, in fairness, didn't see it. Yeah. Did the linesman see enough of it? You know... Uh, like I mean we're talking about this all year haven't we we've just mentioned this so many times on the show at inter-county level the instigator of a wrestling match gets the other fella who he wants to get I've, I've told the story plenty Keen of times Sullivan, of yeah. me getting Keno Sullivan who wanted no part of a yellow card and wanted no part of a wrestling match yeah. and I got him on a yellow card because I wanted to get him on it now if he was already on a yellow I'm getting him sent off it's yeah. wrong there's somebody who starts those rows those starts those wrestling yeah. matches and there's another fellow who wants no part of it 
And Conor McHugh wanted no part of what uh, Declan O'Matney was doing. Declan O'Matney was using all of exper- experience. He wanted no part of marking Conor McHugh, so just wanted to wrestle <laughs> yeah. him to the ground. And if Conor McHugh was guilty of anything, it was just trying to break himself free. He should have just gone to ground holding his arms out. Mm. Do you know, he actually was just honestly trying to break free and it maybe looked like he was getting entangled with him. I don't know. Like, I mean, there, there probably is no excuse for... For, for Conor McHugh getting it anyway he, he didn't deserve anything I'm wondering about the perception of it because yeah. he was trying to wriggle free it might have looked like he was throwing an elbow back or something I don't yeah, know Yeah so I was trying to think about it from the rest point because it is the most frustrating thing when that happens like there's 20 seconds left his team have a chance to win it he's their on fire player he doesn't want to be on the ground wrestling with a defender or a midfielder but yeah the linesman's obviously told the referee something and then when the referee gets over he hasn't seen it and I think O'Mahony was bleeding at this stage then because of McHugh's arms were swinging everywhere so the ref comes over whatever information the linesman's given him he looks he sees one player with blood on him and then yeah. thinks I'll just punish both of them here Yeah, I can sort of see where he's coming from but yeah you'd, you'd think come on like Conor McHugh doesn't want to be there in no. that situation and I actually think O'Mahony's gotten away with a bit of the commentary then because of that decision like you know it was a bit disgusting what he did. Like, he held on to him for 15 seconds. Oh, it was, yeah. Do he know, didn't let just, go. He didn't let go of no, him. It's no. wrong as you, like, you, when you did it with uh, Keanu Sullivan, it's wrong. And it's just, it's wrong seeing that, especially you're, somebody well, you're who's cheating. So, you are cheating. You're yeah. blatantly cheating. Now, it's accepted because, well, like, like I mean, I did it. Yeah. I cheated. Yeah. Well, is that cheating or is it getting a yellow as a gamesmanship? It's hard to know. But like a game, we'd all do it, sort of thing. That's, that's yeah. the problem. Well, it's, it's completely not right, but con- considering referees' tendencies to give two, two wrestling players yellows, the motivation's there, yeah. right? Like, I mean, yeah. it, it is, and, it, and it's wrong. Um, interestingly, the Ballyboden players were all wearing GPS trackers. I saw a tweet from a fella called Niall Curran, which got a bit of traction. He was like, Ballyboden players wearing GPS trackers. We don't even have 50 in football. So he's, a, he's a club player in, uh, in Mead. It is unusual to see a club with, with all those GPS trackers. Six Mile Bridge were wearing them yesterday as well. Now, I have a funny feeling. I, where would they get the money for that? They could be Wexford's ones. You wouldn't know what they'd yeah. be like. They, Wexford would have the means to get that. Would Davy have got them for them? I'm sure he could have easily asked that favour. I don't know. I'm not saying he did. But, like, I mean, it's unusual to see with clubs struggling for money to see them, all the players wearing GPS trackers. Yeah, maybe maybe when Davey was negotiating whether or not to stay on with Wexford, this was part of the, the bargain. <laughs> or, like, you know, Wexford have been done for a few months. Maybe they just took the ones the players were already using there. That's what I was thinking. Well. That's what I was thinking. They'd be just sitting there otherwise yeah. and it's like, look, we won't bring. A lot of people complaining about the attendance at the quarterfinals on Saturday. So there was a thousand at the game. Um... It does seem very, very, very low. Uh, now, quarterfinals aren't exactly huge occasions or anything. They're just kind of, you get through them and you're into the semi and the final. Yeah. It's not like they're... But uh, Nafina Ballyboden would have been a very attractive game. And Jude's Vincent's would be a very, a pretty attractive game as well. Um, Jude's won that very comfortably, actually. I was surprised. Vincent's really are on the slide. But, uh, like, I mean, you're talking about these teams having huge memberships... You're talking about 250 people per per team, obviously. That's just the, the basic yeah. maths. We don't know how many were, were from where. But like these are big clubs. And on Sunday mornings, these lads, these teams, we know they have huge mem- numbers yeah. of children and all play, playing at under 8s, under 10s level. And I don't know, maybe are their parents from Roscommon and Leash and all those who are 
they'll drop them down to training, but they've no interest in the actual club. Yeah. You know, so maybe Dublin having all this huge surge in population and having all these cultures moving to Dublin and having families and children in Dublin, is that adversely potentially affected? It might not affect the club numbers wise. Yeah. But are the parents interested in the club, you know, or did you, did you obviously just leave them down there to play? The club benefits from having a strong team, but they don't have like that community, you know, family based support. Yeah, it's it's an, like the clubs are almost too too big. Like I, I've only been in two clubs and I always compare them now and I've only been in Scaries for two years in fairness, but I don't know half the amount of people in the club. I don't know what's going on in all the underage teams where I was so completely immersed in it. In Derry, now a lot of that's on me as well, but it just seems like there are too many teams and like this is football, camogie, hurling and, and whatever else. But if you look, you said there's 250 there as a basic maths from each club, like supporting uh, the teams. Bally Bowden have 140 teams. Do you know? Like 140 teams from juvenile to adult. Nafina have 125. Both of them have over 3,000 members. Like Johnny Cooper tweeted around the time of the, the Metro story that was going on. He said we have over 3,500 members. So, like, geez, like the numbers are there, obviously. Like, they're all engaged and the GA culture in that sense is great, participation-wise. But How are they so low? I don't know. There is no, obviously there's no, they need to make such a, a much bigger effort to connect with the families and with the yeah. with the parents of the, of the children who are, are playing with them or else... I don't know that it just seems bizarre that they'd have 3000 members like that and that many number of teams and they're averaging 250 each. Now I know it is only a quarter final and like I mean Port Leach are very badly supported even though they dominate uh yeah. Leach it's hard in big towns. Like I mean the interest isn't isn't necessarily always there and that's not, you don't have that community feeling where everybody's Everybody in the town is obsessed with it. There's yeah. not there's rugby players and there's soccer players and like I mean in Dublin it's like that as well, you know. So like I mean there's different communities in smaller clubs and smaller towns. The soccer club is the GA club, is the rugby yeah, club. They yeah. all play everything. Yeah. You know, there isn't like separated, distinct or you know, playing groups where yeah. there would there is in bigger towns. No, that's right. And like yeah, it seems like no matter if it's under 14s or whatever it is, like that's just a team that you play for sort of thing. And I think it's harder in towns to get that sort of way of life into people's minds where it's like everything you do, if you're, if you're 13 or if you're 17, it should be going towards the senior team. That's why you're playing. Yeah. And then like the whole club and then therefore your life revolves around that senior team because you're trying to get there and you're trying to feed it. But it's harder to do because like, yeah, like you said about the parents moving in and stuff, they're just dropping the kids down to play for that team that they play for. Yeah, yeah, it's just that team yeah. and that's it. I wonder is Dublin going so well maybe have a, an adverse effect on supporting clubs? Like you spend the summer following this unbelievable team in good weather and <laughs> yeah. Dublin seems to be these fans' club and then a quarter final in Parnell Park at club level. <laughs> it's on RTE. It's definitely not as it's not as glamorous. Maybe being on television affected the attendance as well. Maybe you're being a bit harsh. Yeah, like in fairness, as a neutral, I probably would have went to the game, but because it's on RTE, because on telly, yeah, and watch it. Yeah. yeah, you watch it. Yeah, but, uh, definitely an interesting one. Uh, their their attendances for their finals is usually pretty good. Parnell Park. Yeah. I've been at a few Dublin um, county finals. So in in Kilkenny, we're gone away from county finals now. Uh, Cheddar is doing the business. With James Stevens, Cheddar kept this very hush hush. I knew he, I knew he was James Stevens' manager, and I wanted to talk to him about it. And he didn't want to talk about. Oh, it. Oh really? No, he wanted to keep this down the down low. Didn't want to start going on and on about it. But he has James Stevens in the county final, 
Um, so he's in there managing them and he is joined by Seamus Dwyer from Ballinacail on the coaching team. In true Cheddar style, he's playing on on Larkin as a sweeper. So like, I mean, you can't beat Cheddar for the old hurling brain and that makes perfect sense. On Larkin pushing on in years is a phenomenally brilliant player and instead of being man-marked by someone running after him when the legs aren't the same, give him that free roll and let him let him hit the wings with it and set up plays and do that. That's always the way. That's using your brain with older players. Give them a role where they don't necessarily have to, you know, be be killed, but can yeah. influence the game as well. So it makes perfect sense. They were one fifteen to two nine winners over Castle Comer. Um, then in Tipperary, so there's four North Tipperary teams in the county semi-finals. I'm not sure this means too much to you, Conor. <laughs> Doesn't actually mean all that much to me either. But it seemed like a bit of a, a bit of a, a news story that North Tip are dominating. Um, Dominating, they obviously have two different championships before yeah. the county championships, sort of a, the, their own unique um, way of doing it. Kill Dangan beat Tumivara in the quarter final yesterday, and the referee Philip Kelly had his house egged during the night. So Shane Brophy, who's head of sport in the Nina Guardian, um, said this that he had his house egged during the night and also received abusive texts around the same time. He isn't ta- he isn't taking it to the Guardian, but the club involved have been informed. Um, yeah, so geez, there's no need for that with Philip Kelly. Apparently, he should have sent off one of the Kill Kildangan um, players um, for an off the ball uh, hit on Tumivar's Mark McCarthy in the first half. And apparently, uh, Kildangan are no strangers to the rough, rough and tumble of uh, you know sewing it into you. Maybe that's it. So <laughs> Tumi, these are obviously Tumivara ultras not too happy about this. So they <laughs> headed to Philip Kelly's house and threw eggs at it. It's harmless enough stuff yeah. if we're being honest without, let's not get too over the top um, about it. A few eggs isn't going to, uh, isn't going to kill Philip. A uh, few abusive texts. What he should do is put two and two together on the abusive texts and the eggs and from the abusive texts he got, go in and ask the local shop, did you sell eggs for this? <laughs> You've been here before, will you? <laughs> Do some detective work. <laughs> You've had eggs in your house before. <laughs> so, um, some inter-county news. Parik Joyce is the new Galway uh, manager. He um, has been recommended for that role. His backroom team includes John Divoli, who obviously played with uh, Parik and won all Lawrence with a Michal O'Donnell and John Concanon is the backroom team. He beat uh, Liam Kearns to the post. So he'd be a hugely popular choice in in uh, Galway for that. So it'll be interesting to see how he plays. I know he's not a, he wouldn't necessarily be a fan of the football Kevin Walsh yeah. um, played. So could be, watch this space, could be very exciting Galway team and I could extend my, my All-Ireland to four years maybe. I was going to say, do you want to revisit it now and do another three-year prediction? Or do you still have the, the squad? Like, do you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> what if they get their final? Because remember, you did you cheated a little bit, but you said if they get their final, then you've won. I'd give them a chance of getting to a final, all right, yeah. I definitely would. If if Mayo, if Dublin and Kerry played each other yeah. in a semi final, you'd give Galway definitely a chance of getting into a final. Yeah. Like, I mean, you would. Do. I think they can be a match for the likes of Donegal and, and Mayo and the other the teams that are just behind. Um, just behind Kerry um, and Dublin. I'm calling this uh, story, uh, I've been ignoring this story actually. This is the annual Why Can't We Play Dublin at Home? And I'm not criticising any of these people because I was that person. (laughs) 
until I realised it's completely futile. You're wasting your time <laughs> and there's no point in doing it. So Jack Cooney, the Westmead manager, I saw John Heslin talking last week and it's like, this isn't really a story anymore. So what's the point in doing anything on it? Like, I mean, I whinged and cried about this four, is it four years ago now when Leash played Dublin, they brought it to Nolan yeah. Park. And since then, it's just been year after year of whoever they draw complaining that they can't get a home draw against the All-Ireland champions. And I agree with everything that Jack is saying here. He said, um, he said, we're trying to grow the game in Westmead. This is a huge opportunity, not only for Westmead to perform on the pitch, but for Westmead to get behind the team. And obviously he's talking about a smaller venue, a cracking atmosphere. The GA have proven over the years that this is a good formula and it works. Why bring it to a place that's half empty? Again, Jack, we all agree with you. But you're wasting your time and your breath because the Leinster Council will not do it. But that's, that's what they want you to think, will they? The seat, Dublin season ticket holders are royalty in the GEA and that's who they seem to pander to. And they want to get as many. If it meant the difference of 5,000 paying customers getting into a game, they will take that 5,000 by whatever money and yeah. they won't give, they won't see the value in Westmead getting that home game and the value to Westmead they'll rather see the value to them now with those 5,000 even though it's a, a crappy neutral venue and not anywhere near the same atmosphere But they've played in Portlaoise since haven't they? Like against Wicklow Westmead or oh, Dublin, Dublin. Yeah yeah so like, That should be like case closed you know because Leash wanted to play in Portlaoise and they weren't allowed to but then suddenly Portlaoise is oh it, yeah, it's okay. So like, yeah. that, like that should be the only evidence you need. It'll be interesting to see if they ever draw Galway or Offaly now, and would that be played in O'Connor Park? Yeah. O'Connor Park is deemed as one of the three. Yeah. Nolan Park, O'Moore Park, O'Moore Park wasn't when it was Leash. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder what excuse they'll have about O'Connor Park if they ever draw, if they draw Offaly and that. Last story of the day is Enna Scary Gia Club. I presume you saw the footage of this. This uh, was sc- absolutely scary stuff. So. Um, seven of the the fellas, the players who were injured in, in the fall have been discharged from hospital. I can't believe no one was seriously hurt after this. Like, I don't know, it just brought back to my mind, you know, the horrific um, accident in America where all the students fell off a balcony and yeah. some of them uh, died. Yeah. Uh, that's what it looked like to me, like falling from that height, unprotected. It was crazy stuff. Mm. And thankfully that nobody's actually injured from it but like I mean people definitely need to have a bit of cop on when they win a match like that like you've a few jars on board and you're getting excited and you're at the edge of a lorry and you're being pushed off it it was scary yeah. to look at it like head first into the ground some of them but then people landing on top like it was oh it was horrific to see you I saw a clip last night where they brought the trophy into the, must be the local bar or something. So a lot of the boys who were in hospital are back out. Were out, yeah. So right. it's good to see. You. Okay, that's very good to see. So it's obviously Enniskerry on a on a better note. Enniskerry beat Avoca to win the, the Junior B Football Championship. So like it's fantastic that yeah. they, that they paraded them after winning the Junior B Football Championship. Like I mean, that's just incredible. But you know, Jesus. Uh, it, have to say when I saw the video of it it was like one of them could be dead after that yeah. I mean it was scary stuff but anyways it's all it's all worked out alright and the lads will be enjoying their points today I'm sure right we'll come back and we'll talk to Keen Mackey I, I remember my mother the lad of she's dead she's 8 years this year she never saw me hauling live, but she always went to the matches, to the hotel, the two finals, and we got off the bus after the first one, and the first person to meet me was my mother, and she said, look, what's meant to be is meant to be. She said, keep the head up, I said, grand. No problem, ma'am, thanks. 
96, back to the hotel again, first person, <laughs> off the bus, my mother. She says, ah, look, what's meant to be? I said, ma'am, will you give it a fucking ride? <laughs> <laughs> So Castle Rahan retained the Cavan County title yesterday and Keen Mackey joins us on the line. Now, Keen, I have to say, I'm very, very relieved you answered the phone after you going AWOL on me for three days last year. <laughs> now, <laughs> la- last year was the first first for the club, so it was a bit of a bit of a hectic couple of days, but uh, this year is kind of a bit calmer, all right, yeah. Yeah, so you've been around the schools this morning? Yeah, we were in, we were in the Castle Rahan schools and the Ballygym stuff schools there this morning, so it was... Uh, it was good to get out and about early and uh, get them jobs done early early in the day. Yeah, so what do you do really going around with the schools? Do you talk to them? Do you just get pictures taken? What does that entail? Uh, pretty much. It's just in and, and the kids would ask a few questions, you know. They, they'd be all delighted to see the cup and see the boys that they, they're always watching play. And as, as I was a young fella, I always liked watching the, the seniors. They were nearly like superstars to us, so it's kind of, it's the same for them. And, and for us to go into the schools, it's kind of good for them. And especially when you're coming in with a bit of silverware and and stuff like that it's great so they had a few questions and, and a few few things to sign and, and pictures and stuff like that it's, it's, a, it's a good little feeling you know when you're, when you're doing it with the club it's great Yeah no and I suppose inspiring the next generation Belly James Duff wouldn't be the biggest town in Cavan like I mean a, a population of around 2,000 yeah, no, Bally Gym stuff would be small and it, it, it would probably, it wouldn't have a, a massive amount of locals, we'll say. It's kind of, uh, there's factories in Bally Gym stuff and, and, and a couple of um, multinationals come in and work in the factories. Maybe wouldn't have a GA background, maybe the, the Casseratton School that's in the in the countryside, maybe have, have more of the GA ethos, you know, so it's, uh, right. it's a wee bit different. But it is a, it is a small community, but it's a tight community all the same. Right, okay. We'll talk about the match, uh, Keen. It was a bit of a defensive kind of game. I know last year's final, your first ever ones, was described as a bit of a classic. This year was a bit, I think, Ramor play a defensive style and you kind of had to match that pretty much. Yeah, well, last year was, it was, it was, a, it was end-to-end last year, Chris Law. Both teams were, were out to play play football and the good style of football. Ramor play pretty much, play to your strengths as, as any team would, you know, and they were yeah. good defensive units and they they, they dropped men back and we knew that before the game you know so we, we knew we had to be patient with the ball where in general uh, DK just is attack, attack, attack which is great and, and it's a great mindset to have for, for football going forward but it uh, it was kind of a bit of more calm and, and composed approach yesterday we knew they'd funnel bodies back and we knew we'd have to keep the ball for two, three minutes before we'd be able to work a score and at time, times we've done that very well and at times maybe we, we kind of panicked and forced it and, and kind of kept them in the game but it uh, it was a different style without a doubt, and and look, you, you play to your strengths, and, and Ram are a good team to to, to suck you in and, and play on the break. But I think maybe last year winning the game last year left us maybe a wee bit more composed and and comfortable on the ball. So I think it was no real uh, doubt that in, in we got the early goal, we were never really in doubt of, of pushing on. There was confidence in this team, and and we we felt that we were comfortable to win the game at, at any stage, you know. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I suppose knowing the way they play and he's got a, a goal on seven minutes, psychologically that's a huge boost for you and a huge kind of boost the other direction for them, you know, because this is going was always going to be a low-scoring game. Yeah, without a doubt, and, and they played Chris Law, and Chris Law were, were were tipped as hot favourites for the championship, and they got 
a couple of breakaway goals against Christian Law and kept their noses in front. So it was kind of a big thing Donald said to us, we have to get ahead early, you know. So we forced ourselves to, to really press them early and, and we got that goal, which which was a kind of kept us that one, two, two, two points apart, you know, for the whole game. And it kind of gave us that, that they had to push out in us and, and we kind of stopped them playing maybe their game plan where they wanted to be able to dictate the game by holding the lead and, and, and forcing us to make mistakes and with that goal from Ocean O'Connell kind of just gave us that that we didn't have to force the ball because we were always one two points ahead that we could play the game at our pace you know Yeah exactly so how winning the title last year obviously has given you a lot of confidence you must have been worried about ever winning one uh, Keane like you lost three in a row and you'd never won it before you know like I mean it must have been entering your head when is this going to turn around for us yeah, and I, I was only just talking to, to Ronan Flanagan after the match and he said to me that Tony Brady, which would be Sean Brady's father, said to him back when we were 20, 21 to, to me and Ronan, I don't remember it, but he said that it could be 30 or 31 before you ever get a chance to win one and, and Ronan was kind of laughing at him at the time and it kind of it materialised to be that way. It's just, it, it's a county championship, people who have loads of them would say it's, it's not too hard to win, but there's there's many a man that doesn't have any and it's, it is, it's a tricky one to win. It's all all good getting to a final, but getting over the line is, is a completely different story, you know? Yeah, well, that's the thing. You'd won a lot at underage level. It just uh, jumping to my mind is Padraig Pierce's in Roscommon, who'd won a lot at underage level, and they only won their first one yesterday after losing a good few finals too. So you, you think you'll get over the line, but doing it is a different thing. Yeah, like your mentality when you're underage, or like myself and Ronan, we'll, we'll say, have all the, the championships growing up, you know, and we, we assumed it would be We'd we'd end up getting the senior one fairly quick, but at uh, senior level is completely different ball game, and 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 the whole the whole club is is praying out for one in, in every parish, you know, and especially for us that never had one, it was a huge thing. And uh, look, we we got over the line last year, and it was a great relief. And and this year probably it it stood to us a wee bit more because there was no pressure, and we could go out and play ball without the, without the thought of we say falling at the last hurdle. We had the we had the, the nickname of the Mayo of of calf and <laughs> football, you know, and and Ronan alluded to it last year that we had lost that name, you know, and and just to get back to back doubles, it's a, it's a serious achievement for these group of boys. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Come here, you mentioned kind of two or three minutes of holding on to possession, and we're all used to that now, and that's the right way to deal with a team that's dropping uh, players back behind uh, inside the forty-five meter line. What's it like for you playing that kind of game, Keen? Because you're a player who kind of started when the defensive systems weren't really there and you like to make things happen and you're an exciting player did it take you a while mentally to adjust to this uh, to stop giving the ball away by trying to force it you know and just be patient yeah it is a big thing because you do when you get on the ball you want to make things happen it's very hard but I do feel the whole thing has gone full circle now Yeah, I think more teams are more cautious of pressing the ball I think it's defensive teams get so far but you don't get over the line by trying not to lose it's it's a big big thing you have to go out and try and win the game because for the first couple of finals for us we, we had a defensive system and it was more so in our head that we didn't want to lose the game instead of going out to win it and probably Dublin are, are the best best case scenario that they go and they press and they go out to win the game and I think I think the defensive system is gone now for any of the big big teams at club and county level and for for us yesterday we, we always love kicking it and going as fast as we can forward and get the scores but as you said it, it's, it's, it is hard for a player that wants to make things happen 
he just has to be calm and, and cautious on the ball and, and move the ball as quick as he can, maybe laterally and, and and get the scores that way. Whereas you want to be making these little passes in the full forward line, but the, the only teams that really get away with doing that maybe is Crokes and Corofin at club level because they're just so good at doing it, you know. Yeah, no, they definitely are. So, like, I mean, I suppose the distinction there is the defensive football is dead. These are the teams that send players back ahead of the ball because a lot of teams drift players back with, you know, with the ball as they're pressing it. So I think that's the way it's changed. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a high press more so, in my opinion, now. It's, you press the ball and, and you track the hole back. It's yeah. not going back and waiting on teams it's you're pressing them from we'll say the 21 and make them make the mistake higher up the field and it's it's risk reward as well you know if you turn them over higher up the field and they're breaking out that's where you can get your goal chances like Nafina had their chance against Ballyboden just before the half of, of extra time you know they pressed the ball and Ballyboden were all out and it just didn't work for them but that, I think that's the the big thing for, for teams now is is to funnel back with the play and press it as high up as you can Yeah exactly Kamira saw a tweet from you at 6am this morning before you went to sleep or maybe you had a few more hours left in you I'm not too sure but you were tweeting some of the local media are we still too old so I presume there was a little bit of Castle Rahan being written off uh, because of your age profile before the final Yeah <laughs> a little bit um, <laughs> We were, we were told last year maybe we were too old and then when, when we were trying to get Donald back to manage us this year uh, everyone that was approached to take the job told us that we were too old and, and, <laughs> and, and the best was gone from this team so uh, I, maybe, I maybe singled out some of the media early in the, in the early hours maybe that <laughs> mightn't have said it but uh, it, uh, it was just all a light-hearted banter. Yeah, but would you use little things like that as motivation or would the team use them or is that just something that you had in your head? Um, I'd say a little bit of Everton like we've been rode off for, for years maybe last year we were told that uh, we, we, were, we were told we stole the county final you know and we felt that if we had played to our ability and took our chances we, we would have had the game over well before before time last year and, and t- teams people were saying that Chris Law were the best team in Cavan and we, we still firmly believe we, we're the best team in Cavan and unless you believe that you're going nowhere and just for us to uh, to actually do the job again this year, I think it 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 settles a lot of a lot of people talking uh, on the high stools. We'll say saying that uh, we're not the best team in Cavan, but back to back doubles, I think, kind of to prove so we, we definitely are the best team in Cavan at the moment Yeah I think there's no doubt about that I think Guidor had the same problem with Kilcar being the favourites against them or being the you know seen as the best team in Donegal when they're Ulster they're actually Ulster champions so um, I, I think I think Kilcar were actually favourites to win were. Ulster before they even got out of Donegal you know so I'd say uh, Cassidy and McGee and the boys would have would have been liking that them, them sort of news coming in before they played them in, in the in the semi final. Oh, right? I said it definitely were. Come here, looking back on Cavan's year, um, like I mean, brilliant games against Armagh, fantastic stuff. Then the disappointment of losing the Ulster final. Like I suppose finals are for winning. Yeah, I, I just it, it was a, a serious achievement for for Mickey and the boys to, to bring us to to an Ulster final. I suppose when we haven't been there, I think it was eighteen years. Yeah, and a Monaghan, um, the Monaghan win, a, obviously too. Yeah, yeah, a couple of monkeys were off the back this year. You know, between between beating Monaghan in a, in, a, in a big championship match and actually getting to an Ulster final, we've had a few semi-finals draws and and loses against Tyrone and Monaghan and stuff like that and Antrim over the years. And just actually getting to an Ulster final was was a huge achievement. But as you say, getting to a final, they're there for winning. And 
and look at maybe it'll stand to us over the next couple of years as Cav and maybe just getting there is not enough anymore. We we've got there, so now it's getting there and and winning the thing is is the is the mantle we have to go for. Yeah, exactly. How are you happy with this super sub role that you you have under uh, Mickey now? Are you happy? Well, I'm sure you're not happy with that. Do you understand it? Um, are you happy to go back next year with that role? Ah, uh, look at every, every player trains to to start. You know, you don't you don't train to, to sit on the bench, but. As the thing is, when when you're a group of players, you do what's best for for the team and the management and stuff like that. And as much as you don't want to be just sitting on the bench and coming on and, and playing a bit part, you do everything you can to to help get the boys over the line. And and this year was no different. Every time I came on, I, I tried to make a difference and 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 help the boys as best I could. Um, and I think every every player that that, that plays for Cavan is, is is happy to to do what he can to, to help Calvin but you're you're never happy just to be playing on the bench and if you're happy to sit on the bench you're as well sitting at home you know Yeah but has the psychology changed though King because like I was well documented I'd have a, f- a face on me if I wasn't starting but that was back in the days where you might not get on at all or whatever whereas now um, every team uses their bench if you're a sub you could be guaranteed 25 minutes like it, it, has the day of a sub going around with a face on him is that gone like is it all like a, a, a different psychology for for subs I think so because if, if you're if you have that mentality you're absolutely no good to, to any group of players you know and if, if you're going around with a frown on you there's plenty of lads in the Calvin dressing room, me included, would, would tell you where to go. Because if you're if you're going around just cribbing and crying because you're not starting, it's no good to the group of lads. And I, I think it, Jim Gavin, we alluded to the dubs earlier on. Jim Gavin made made a statement a couple of years ago that he he likes to finish with maybe his strongest team. And I think more managers are kind of thinking that games are won in the last twenty minutes, not in the first twenty. You know, so yeah. if you can have lads that can come on and, and finish the job, whether it's experience or whether it's pace or whether it's just just that impact, you know, you have to have something on the bench. And and, and don't we? Kogan done it with us with Ushin O'Connell last year. You know, he, he brought him on in games where plenty of people around the parish were were saying that he should definitely start, but he, he brought him on and used them as an impact player in leading up to the final last year and it was it was great for us you know when you're when you're playing and you're nearly out on your feet and you see someone like Ushin coming on it, it's great you know yeah no maybe maybe that's it I suppose using that excuse we finished with our best team is a nice little line to give subs if nothing else even if it's not true it's <laughs> <laughs> It, it, it's probably probably a get out of jail free card yeah, yeah, for, yeah. for a manager, but it, it does make a lot of sense when you when you sit back when you when you're when you're the sub you don't you, you think it's bullshit like but when it's actually when, when you sit back and think about it a game is won in the last twenty minutes so it, it's huge like yeah you have an ability to get into the game straight away because you were always a starter I always felt coming on off the bench I'd be trying too hard I couldn't get my hands on the ball now in my head I've wasted 10 minutes and I only have 15 and uh, you know my head would be all over the place you seem to get on but or maybe the, the game has changed the ball is thrown around a lot more yeah it, 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 it's a possession based game maybe at the moment now whereas it'll be two kicks and into the full forward line and if you're a half forward the ball can bypass you whether you start yeah. or whether you come on whereas now there's there's very little scores that scored with two, three kicks of the ball up and down the field. Granted, they're great scores and they do happen, but it doesn't happen too often. So in the in the game now, there's a lot of touches. There, there could be 20 touches of a ball before the ball goes over the bar. 
So it's probably a lot easier maybe to get lads on the ball and into a game when they do come on. So possibly now the way the game has changed, it's just a wee bit easier. Yeah, yeah, maybe it is. And you obviously have a very good relationship with Mickey Graham. You know, you played with him, I was reading, in the full forward line when you started first. Mickey was still still around. Yeah, well, I I played my very first game at Mickey in full forward in a challenge match against Loud in, in 2005. And... I, I I knew from that day that Mickey would be a good manager because he's very intelligent to play with right. so anyone who's intelligent to play with he, he'd be a very intelligent man on the line you know and he, he had Dermot with him who I played with as well you know and two boys knew the game very well inside out so they, they have a good relationship Yeah no come here I won't keep you any longer I'll let you back to the celebrations even though they're toned down celebrations right because I was reading you, you did actually did very well in the in the Ulster Club I'm sure this year the mentality might be a little bit different because your manager was saying last year he couldn't get you together at all and you, and you did very well against the Derry Champions so I presume you're changing your mentality a little bit for Ulster Club this year yeah, last last year was the be all and end all was win, win the club championship in in Cav, and you know it was, that was the the thing we wanted to do most. And this year we actually sat down and had a conversation in the dressing room yesterday that we'd we'd try and and kick on and actually make an imprint in Ulster because it, it's a it's a serious bunch of lads we have, and there's not too many teams that come back and do back to back. So. I think it's a, it's a onus on us maybe to do ourselves a bit of justice and, and actually make an imprint in Ulster and, and it won't be an easy task taking on the Donegal Championship champions whoever whoever it, it be um, but we're looking we'll be back training maybe Wednesday Thursday night and, and it'll be all heads all zoned in for that Yeah okay well listen I'll let you back to the celebrations anyways Keen. thanks very much for taking the call No bother lad Doherty who's a fantastic analyst and I mean I really heed what he would say in your programme I think, I think Tyrone are going to win I'm going to go with them I, as much as I I predicted Dublin to win the All-Ireland at the start of the year I just think Tyrone are going too well they're unaffected by the other team too well set up I think they've been preparing for Dublin for two years they're ready for them I'm, I'm going to go with them yeah. Okay, so Paddy Power Performance of the weekend. We have to say it's a little bit difficult, obviously, with Paddy Power Performance of the weekend when not as many games as we would like um, is on is on television. But the first nomination has to be Conor McHugh from Saturday night um, for Nafina. What an outstanding performance of left, off right, off the inside of the left, off the inside of the right, off the outside of the left, like nonchalantly yeah. sticking it over off the outside of the left from the 45 he looks complete. He looks naturally left-footed and has done a lot of work on his right because he flicked over a lovely one on the run with his right and then in the second half he did a lovely dummy back off his left and he was on his right from a tight angle and he had to, you could see he took an extra solo yeah. to compose himself so he's, they're almost, he's almost as good on the right but not, probably not as good but like I mean he has it all like he does and um, you know it's a bit like Connor Cox if he was with any other county he's suddenly imme- immediately he's their star man and I don't know what 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 does Connor McHugh do he's had a few chances yeah. uh, apparently I was talking to Alan Brogan and he says Connor McHugh is outstanding in training you know he's he does that in Dublin training yeah. maybe a little bit of pressure like I mean can you imagine the pressure he'd be under getting his chance on the Dublin team knowing that in that one game in the league he has to get 1-3 or he might not get another chance I don't know it's just a huge pressure but yeah. they have so much talent Conor McHugh's not good enough to get on the Dublin 
mm. team. So what does he do? Like, what do what does Colin Pascal got three four outstanding? Now he's got a little bit of a chance as well, but he's again Colin Pascal would be the number one forward in any other uh, county in Leinster, yeah. and probably nationally outside of Kerry and Galway, maybe. You know, like it's scary the players to have, and I don't know. Is this, is this a stupid thing to talk about a draft or is there I don't know like these lads probably don't want to transfer to another team anyways we see Shane Horan went to I mean Shane Horgan went to Offaly from Dublin mm. he's killing McCook Crokes these players probably don't want to play with a leash or a Westmead or a, a Mead like I mean that's the reality of it too yeah I mean I think I think the Baskills do they have a male parent it's like, you know that's immediately what I was thinking because like Colin Baskill went to America then this year which is like ugh you know, you want it, like he's good enough to be playing the Intercounty yeah. Championship. He would really give it some great moments. And looking at the scores, Conor McHugh scored yesterday. Wouldn't you love to see him playing with a meet? Yeah, and sticking those points over in Crow Park. Like, I mean, yeah. these players are being wasted on a national audience because Dublin just have too many of them. And then, as you said, when he gets his chance, he has to score one three. But then, it can't. He's not allowed to be selfish in that team either. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so it's a really sort of fine. Find tightrope he's walking. I don't know. Now he's gotten more chances than. A lot of forwards in the Dublin squad. He has got gotten, chances, yeah. yeah. And, and to be fair, he hasn't taken them. But my, here's my point. A lot of this thing with these forwards is confidence. Yeah. How can you get confidence going? He reminds me of Robbie Keane with Feck in Liverpool. Like, yeah. sure, he scores a goal and then he's a sub the next day. Like, I mean, this rotation. But I don't know. I think when Conor McHugh can kick those kind of points, he looks like his confidence is high. Yeah. And if that's him at high confidence levels... Maybe with Dublin, he just didn't have, you know, he didn't feel as comfortable in his boots to try those things. Yeah, whereas there, he's very clearly the main man. And you can actually see, even when he gets it in the 45, everybody else stops. It's a really bad habit in teams, but when like the main man gets the ball, you can see everybody relaxing because right, hopefully he'll score. And yeah. he did more more times than none. Like that 45 one was ridiculous that he just swung over. Yeah, I saw him in the championship last year and thought, oh, he was a bit wasteful shooting from positions I thought he shouldn't be shooting from. But then when you see him on a night like that, obviously he can do it. Yeah, no, it was. And I think that's what the out, the, the outrage over his yellow card, the second yellow, yeah. probably would, if that was another player, just any other player, you wouldn't have been as pissed off. But when he was playing so well and you're like, he didn't deserve that. Yeah. He's playing brilliantly and he's just been sewn, sewn up here by um, Declan O'Matney. But yeah, the two Baskells got 3-9 in total and that was 3-6 from play Colm got 3-3 from play incredible stuff and that was the two late goals um, you know to finish it off and Ryan got 3 from play one at 14 the other at 11 so we know they're brilliant players as well and it is the Connor Cox thing there's no doubt about that um, Keen Johnson got 2-3 we mentioned him already in the show he got 2-2 in the second half he pretty much as a 21 year old has won the county title for his club so that's a lovely feeling mm. um, to wake up on the Monday morning have to say without bragging I've felt I've felt that feeling on yeah. the Monday morning and it's a beautiful thing to feel waking up um, still a little bit tipsy knowing that you're heading into the pub to all your friends knowing that you've done it for your club and that you've won the county title and you're, you're you get a lift in and you're just walking up the town ready to get into the pub and it's just going to be a great day. Oh, piss off, <laughs> That's what so it's all, all about. These, all these players are heading up there to do that. Keane Johnson, those points will be sweet um, for Keane. Interestingly enough, uh, he, he wasn't in with the, the Offaly seniors. And I remember talking to John Mohan and maybe this was off the record. I can't remember, but I'm sure he won't... Uh, 
he won't mind too much but thinking he needed a little bit more time now we know Keane isn't the biggest fella in the world I don't think he needs any more time like what more when you're scoring 2-3 in a county final at senior level yeah. now you're ready this is your time you're a, you're a senior standard player and we know he ha- he's a little bit wiry and he's fast and he can handle himself he's like mm. I mean he's a small player but can handle himself so like I mean he has to make the step up with Offaly this year yeah and they've all been talking about him for three years in Offaly so no point in holding him back any longer he's obviously one of their best players get him in yeah exactly TJ Reid don't know why I put TJ Reid in here him scoring one twelve for Bally Hale isn't exactly uh, <laughs> news He's do, he does that for Kilkenny but he's back at it as well Bally Hale Shamrocks came from seven points down uh, to beat Clara by five so like I mean there's some big turnarounds in some of these games 119 uh, to 17 points not too much more to say about TJ Reid saw the Buffigan talking about um, only being charged a five it's only a fiver into that quarter final that's great value from brilliant. the Kilkenny County Board you'd have to say um, fair play to them Desi Hutchinson one trees first ever county final um, he played soccer with Brighton he is a left back or a midfielder um, you might know him from the soccer. He joined the panel late last year. He he was released from Brighton after five years with them and then joined the Ballygunner. I think he just started training with them as they were in the Munster Club and now he's playing his first year with them. He's playing with Waterford United now and playing Waterford Senior as well. So this lad's a hugely um, talented all-rounder. So, like, I mean, he scored 1-3 in the final yesterday. Um, so fantastic stuff from him he said he was quoted saying when I was growing up all I thought about was winning county titles with Ballygunner and playing for Waterford in Croke Park I used to always tell Dylan Barnett one of the lads I lived with over in England that I'd love to go back and play GA again even though I was giving my all to make a career in professional soccer the urge to play for Waterford never went away wow. there you go <laughs> you, you, you could start crying here in that. I can't like believe I haven't come across him playing championship football with Brighton well he would have been in the Premier League yeah. two years ago and this lad's dreaming of the GA never leaves you. No, no I, mean, I mean, I can't believe I haven't like been passing him for an interview like, and <laughs> get all the stuff out of him. That's that's unreal because every 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 soccer player I talk to who I know is a GA background, I'm always sort of skirting around that issue. Like, you know, is it something that you want to get back to? <laughs> without without cl- straight out <laughs> want to, please just say this. Yeah. <laughs> I've already got the story written. I just need your quotes to put into. <laughs> Connor Dolan, we've mentioned him already. He's the Glen Carr uh, Manor Hamilton captain. Twenty three. Did you know yeah. that? Jesus. Yeah, so brilliant. He captained at 23. Yeah, he scored seven in total, uh, three from play, four frees. And obviously one of those frees was the one near the sideline to win it. Um, So that's fantastic stuff. Kieran Lillis, uh, Port Leash midfielder, obviously a Leash midfielder. Port Leash's only player, I would say, from the first minute to the last minute that played like he was a level above the opposition and he never let that standard drop you'd have Brian Glynn maybe Gareth Dillon played well in the second half but Lillis the whole way through was the only one who 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 looked like he was on a different level yeah. to your team and for me every Portlaoise player 1-15 to 15 would be a level higher than their marker and they weren't showing it yeah. whereas he was do you know he was showed he was looking like from winning primary possession in midfield scored three points from play Two off the right, one off the left. He actually scored a point like Conor McHugh's from the 45 where he's thrown back out to them outside of the right over the bar. Um, he's able to do a lot, uh, you know, Lillis. And another one on the run off the left. So he has, he's got lo- he's loads of ability here and very good player. And I suppose without him, Portlaoise potentially could have been uh, on for a very embarrassing day yesterday. Yeah, that's, that's leadership for you. Not, not dropping your standard. Yeah, you're exactly. Right, so who are we going to get? There's probably loads more good performers, but Jesus, hard enough get a get a handle on all the games without trying to find out who played well <laughs> in all the games. Um, performance of the weekend probably is a difficult one. I think the, the winner is... Um, 
Conor McHugh. I think he was on the television. He scored five from play and a completely different array of points. Yeah. Like they were all different and just very hard to handle. And um, because he was on the televised game, he gets has a much better opportunity of winning. He was just outstanding in the game. Yeah. Um, scored six in total, one free, five from play. So he's Paddy Power performance of the weekend. No uh, nominations from Scarries or anything like that that you want to nominate? <laughs> uh, well, uh, young Fionn O'Leary did really well. He's Fionn on the uh, Northern Underdogs and uh, John O'Leary's son, actually, Dublin legend. He's John O'Leary's son. Yeah. And where positions he played? Cornerback. He was marking Philly Ryan. So we did a good job on him, but did really He's well. Philly Ryan's no good. On the <laughs> If Paddy, if Paddy Andrews isn't there and you're depending on your Division 1 status with Philly Ryan you're, you're going down to intermediate which is what happened well this is a, you're, you're an inter-county snob this is like a senior <laughs> relegation club battle you know it's all on the line up in the boggy St Margaret's but yeah. um, nah, Fiona Leary did really well okay so I mentioned for Fiona Leary as well what about your two uh, good corner forwards and uh, Stephen Smith well we already know that he's he's at 9 out of 10 every game every. Great, great speech from Brian Cullen actually you were talking about uh, the older players and stuff like that just before extra time he was just sort of basically making the point that this isn't his team anymore and it's about time the younger lads step up oh, and yeah. make it their team like, yeah. and if they want to be senior B then it's up to them and they want to be senior A then they have to do something now oh I like that and that was very good this though. isn't my team anymore I'm yeah. getting a little goosebumps yeah. here with that That's because he doesn't often like you know give you a big G up he talks a lot of sense yeah. but when he does that Jesus I could see where, where, where you want to learn a couple of times ah yeah you know, college as well. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Great stuff. Uh, I want more of Brian Cullen's speeches, please, on <laughs> on a Monday, if that's any, if that's possible at all. Right. So, Conor McHugh, congratulations, Paddy Power performance of the weekend. That's it from us. We'll be back on Thursday, and we'll have a look at there's more county finals uh, next weekend. Uh, Takes probably the last round of them before we get into the provincial championships. Um, yes, yeah, so we'll talk to you on Thursday. Good luck. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. Money back as a free bet on any championship match on live TV. If you're losing first goal scorer, bet gets a goal. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So it opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are. And uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.